this is the Flavor of Leadership podcast. I am your host, Clint Hoops. Together, we explore the unique blend of leadership wisdom that helps top leaders consistently achieve work goals, develop personally, and find fulfillment with family. Let's get started. This is episode number 22. Many years ago, I, I saw a man on the news that, that had no arms, and yet he managed to drive using just his feet. And he could do all kinds of amazing things with this, with just his feet and his toes, even though he had no arms or hands. I remember, I mean, this has been a long time ago, so I don't remember exactly why he was on the news and 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 what he was accomplishing, but I just remember thinking, this is so amazing that this man was able to use his feet and toes in the way that we would use our hands, that we often take for granted. I thought, man, this man is so resilient and determined to be able to, to figure that out on his own. And I just have been so impressed by that. I remember it was amazing people like, like this man that made me decide to try something. And this, was, this has been, I mean, many years ago, I mean, 15 or so years ago, that I decided to set a goal. And the goal I decided to set was to see if I could learn to write legibly using my left hand. And, you know, I'm right-handed. And so, so trying to do this with my left hand was, was going to be a struggle. But I decided, hey, what, what do I have to lose? Let's, let's give this a go. And some of you out there are probably thinking, okay, what's the point of this? <laughs> why, why learn to write with your left hand when you're right-handed? And, you know... It was just something I wanted to learn to do. I just wanted to push myself. It was just something I wanted to try just to see if I could, uh, if I could do it and if I could, if I could accomplish it. I have a brother that's left-handed and he is incredibly proud of it. And uh, any of you that are listening that are left-handed are probably also incredibly proud of that. And so, you know, wanted to see what it was all about. And so I actually found out that there are only about 10% of people that are left-handed. So if you're one of those people, good job. You're in that uh, that minority of 10% that, that can write with your that can uh, use your left hand. So that's amazing. So I decided to begin, you know, my little journey to to write with my left hand. I was going to begin by writing in just my little daily journal, right? Daily journal I was going to write with my with my left hand. And I thought, what do I have to lose? That's just something I can do each day just to give it a go. So I decided to do it for one month. That was kind of where I started. Hey, let's let's start for one month, see see how I do. And so I started out the first day and started writing. And I'm telling you, it was painful. It was so hard, like so hard to be able to, to write with just my left hand. It, it almost made it so I almost couldn't think straight. It was kind of funny. Like I almost couldn't even get my, my, my thoughts out onto the paper using my left hand. Uh, I was trying to write just kind of normal print and was having an incredibly hard time. And and someone I was with, I don't recall exactly what the conversation was happening. And I was telling him about it. He said, well, why don't you try writing into all caps? See if that's, see if that's easier. And so I started trying to write in all caps with my left hand. And, and, and it actually was a little bit easier for me. So I said, well, let's give it a go. That, that's going to help me. 
So, so I decided for that month, I was going to write in all caps using my left hand. And just when I was doing my, my journal, I, I did do it during the day sometimes, but honestly, it, it kind of took a little too long. <laughs> so when I tried to get things actually done, it would, it would take too long. So I need to do it with my right hand. Uh, but it's kind of funny. I, I kept going. I, I ended up doing it for, for nearly a year actually. And, uh, and actually got pretty good at writing with my left hand. But, but honestly, even my pretty good, with my left hand was, was not that great, but I was, I was pretty impressed with where I actually ended up getting after that amount of time. And so in, in case you're wondering right now, I, I did try writing with my left hand for the first time in, in probably about 15 years <laughs> prior to recording this podcast. And it was, it was pretty bad. Not as bad as it was originally. I, I guess some of the skill did carry over to today. So, so it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. I was actually, I was actually kind of impressed that I could, that I could still do it somewhat, but it's hard. It was really hard. And so, you know, a year or so after that experience of, of trying to write with my left hand and, and uh, I did meet my goal, right? It was to write legibly. And I, and I could, I could write legibly with, with my left hand. So a year or so later, I was talking to my wife and I actually had that goal before I got married and then, you know, with the left hand and, and now I'm, I'm now married, newly married. And I remember having a conversation with my wife, Angela, and I was kind of explaining to her and talking about, about how poor my handwriting was and you know, just like a good new spouse she was, she'd be like, oh, it's not that bad. And, you know, then I'd, you know, have her look a little bit closer. And, you know, finally she did agree. Yeah, it is kind of bad. <laughs> and so I explained to her that, you know, when I was in school growing up, elementary school and middle school, I would sometimes get marked down on assignments. Even though I had the correct answers because the teacher couldn't easily read it. So they'd, they'd mark me down. And I remember being so frustrated by that. And so I did improve my handwriting somewhat over that amount of time. And, you know, by the time I got into high school and, and then even, you know, first part of college, my, my handwriting was, was not great. But it wasn't so bad that I'd be, you know, losing points or anything in, on my schoolwork. But still, it was not something I was incredibly proud of. So after I had that conversation with my wife, I, I just kept thinking about it couldn't get it out of my mind. And so finally I started looking online and I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to type in, you know, handwriting improvement or handwriting tutorials. And I started, I started searching and the only things I could find were for elementary school kids, which I guess makes sense. Cause most people have bad handwriting. They, they kind of, you know, figure it out before they get elementary school or, or they just don't figure it out. And so after searching for quite some time, I finally found something that wasn't targeted elementary school children. I finally found this book and the, and the book was called right now. So like, right, like W R I T E. Right. And so right now, and I actually found out prior to recording the podcast, I searched cause I still have my copy. I went and searched and found out that they, they still in print. They still, they still sell this book. So you can actually buy it on Amazon and, and they, they still sell it. So I actually put the full name of the book in the, in the show notes in case anyone is curious. But once the book came, so I ordered it. Once the book came, I, I began working through it daily. And, you know, I made sure that 
that as I went through it, you know, I'd, I'd work through the book and then I would try to apply, you know, what I learned each day. So, I, you know, if I'm at work or school at the time, I would I would try and make sure that I was that I was using these handwriting techniques to to learn to write better. And it was kind of slow going, honestly. I mean, I, I did. I felt like I was back in elementary school. I mean, I'm sitting there writing the quick brown fox jump, you know, that whole thing. And you'd write all these sentences and they'd have you, you know, write different letters and work on your shapes of your letters until they all are the same and uniform. And it was honestly pretty darn tedious, but it began to help. I had to focus pretty hard, but, but man, my handwriting was starting to get better. And I was thinking, okay, this is worth it. So I kept doing it. And I remember the first day someone finally noticed my handwriting. This was a couple of months in, right? And I remember this person saw me writing and actually commented on how good my handwriting was. And I can tell you, I mean, I don't, I don't know if anyone other than my mother had ever commented and said that my handwriting was good, right? You know, and that was pretty amazing that someone, they didn't know I was working on my handwriting. They said, oh, that's, you know, and so, so for me, it was just amazing validation that I needed motivation to keep going. So, so I did. So I kept working on it. And, and I'm telling you, after, after a while, you know, I got through the book and everything and, and then just kind of in normal life, try to just continue to try to write better and really did. I improved a ton. And I remember I even got to the point where I started learning how to write in calligraphy which I can do moderately well if I take my time. And, and some of you are probably thinking, oh my gosh, this guy, he's, you know, in the world of digital technology and, and all of this, why is he spending time on his handwriting? Why is he learning calligraphy for goodness sakes? I mean, he can type that into the computer and just print it out and it looks perfect. You know, there's just something to it. I, I imagine I'm, I'm not much of an artist necessarily, but I, I can probably compare it to that. People that, you know, that are artists that just kind of love to know that they can create something with their own hand. I, I wanted to create these letters and, and I, I thought it was fun, you know? And so, so I decided to learn and, and I, I got to where I was pretty good at it because I wanted to do it. And because I didn't want to be defined by kind of my past, you know, I had that past that said I was, I had bad handwriting and teachers would say that. And I'm like, you know, I don't want that anymore. I don't want to be the guy that has the bad handwriting. And so I kept going on in life and I got to the point where writing was kind of one of my things. And so over the years, I've actually ended up, you know, beginning to collect, write with fountain pens and I collect inks and different papers and, and different types of notebooks. And I, I love it. I mean, I still, to this day, I, I, I write with my fountain pens and with my different inks and, and, uh, and I love it. And my appreciation for handwriting has continued. I mean, I love seeing fun pieces of handwriting. Sometimes my wife and other people that know me will, will actually, when they see unique handwriting from people, either on a thank you note or something, they'll take a picture of it <laughs> and send it to me because they know that I just, I just appreciate it. I love seeing beautiful handwriting and uh, have, have tried to kind of modify my handwriting over time to, to just improve and be a little bit, a little bit better, a little bit different. So some of you would, would look at my handwriting right now and you'd, you'd hear me talking about how much I love handwriting and pens and all these different things. And you'd look at my handwriting and you'd think, yeah, his handwriting is uh, it's okay. It's not that great. But I'm telling you, compared to where it was, I've come a long way. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm proud of it. And I love it. And so, you know, these two stories from my life, from learning, trying to learn to write with my left hand to 
to trying to improve my handwriting really just makes me think about a couple of different different types of leaders, right? So first, when learning to write my left hand, it makes me think about the person that's not really your typical leader. They're not the one that was necessarily born to do it, so to speak. Some of these people may not even enjoy it, and they have to work incredibly hard just to even get mediocre results. There's those kind of people. And then there's also the people that that do enjoy it, but they're just not a natural at it. Or, or the people that, you know, that try and just copy the style of another leader, but really not in a way that's natural to them or their skill set. So they haven't really found their groove yet, right? We talk about flavor of leadership. They haven't really found their mix of flavors to, to make it happen for them. And so they're still on that journey and it's, it's kind of awkward for them. They're working hard, but and it is getting better, but man, it's just not natural. Don't get me wrong. I believe that people can learn and grow and improve in their skills. And that includes being a leader and to lead people. And they can end up accomplishing great things. But being the main leader may not be their best use. And and that's okay. They may find that there's something more natural for them to be able to do that's not a traditional leader. And that's, that's okay you know, versus forcing them to try and write with their left hand, so to speak, and force it. So let's think about the second story, right? Writing with my left hand, dominant hand, sorry, writing with my right hand, rather, uh, my dominant hand, and beginning to improve my handwriting, much more natural. On my right hand, I had a huge advantage, right? That was already my dominant hand, the hand that I do everything else with. And it came so much more natural. All I needed was a little education about that book, right? A little direction from the book and, and also some dedicated practice. And just changing the way I did things and it began to work. So I think of people in this sense that have a knack for managing people. They're kind of more of those natural leaders and they just kind of get it. They kind of, they enjoy it and people kind of naturally follow them. They just need a little education, direction, practice, and they have that great potential to be solid leaders. They tend to improve, you know, more quickly with experience and focus, and it's a wonderful thing when you have leaders like this, and and they naturally flow. But sometimes these very people that have the natural knack, they don't take the time to work on their leadership skills, and they can often be outpaced by the very person that doesn't have the natural ability, but has that sheer force of determination, right? The one with the, that's right-handed trying to write with their left hand or the leader that it doesn't come quite as naturally, but they, but they have the desire and the determination and they, and they work through it and they can actually end up surpassing many people that have that, you know, natural, in your quotes, right? Natural abilities as a leader. People want to follow someone who's genuine. And so when someone's, fighting and focusing to be better. People want to follow those people. They want to follow people that are striving to improve. You know, these underdogs, they can win, like I said, by sheer determination when they must. But the key is to decide what winning looks like for you. We've talked about that in other podcasts, right? So what does winning even look like for you? And if you don't know what winning looks like for you, you're not going to know when you get there or when you win. 
And so and you don't even know the right direction. So someone like this needs to know, do you really want to be a traditional leader? Or do you have to be a traditional leader to be successful? I would say no. There are lots of different roles within an organization where you can be successful. Lots of different roles within an organization where you can lead without being the main leader. And I think about some of the most worthwhile accomplishments that I have ever attained professionally. And they were only, without exception, all of them were only made possible by so many amazing people that were willing to work alongside me to accomplish something that was greater than all of us. None of us could have accomplished it alone. And so I know it's easy to say, right? You know, someone might be thinking, oh, well, that's easy for you to say because, you know, you're the leader of your business and, and you know, you have people that follow and do those things. But I haven't always been. And I think about times where I have been the one to support the leader throughout my career and how fulfilling it's been. Jack Welch, who is the former CEO of, of General Electric, he said this, he said, an organization's ability to learn and translate that learning into action rapidly is the ultimate competitive advantage. I'm going to read that one more time. An organization's ability to learn and translate that learning into action rapidly is the ultimate competitive advantage. So it really is in an organization, those that are supporting the leader that make taking this rapid action even possible. You can't be nimble as an organization unless you have supporting people to help make that happen. So if you're the leader, be grateful for those around you. Part of the way you show your gratitude is by trying to improve yourself as a leader. And if you're one of those supporting a leader right now and you're great at it, keep being great at it. If you want to be the, the leader, be a great follower. Help support that leader. That's an amazing place to be at. And do it well. You know, we can lead and inspire positive change and impact our company by following well. I believe the key here is that leadership can happen at all levels of the organization and in many ways and not in always the ways that we anticipate. And so as we're seeking to be a leader or to be a good follower, consider where we're at, consider where you're at and go and be the best you can in your current role. Once again, I just wanted to, to do a little shout out to all of you that have taken the time to go and subscribe and then rate and write a written review of this podcast. I can't express to you enough how much it helps give me feedback and, and really helps to help others to find the show. So thank you so much for all of you that have done that. And if you haven't, I'd sure appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on Flavor of Leadership. Until next week. Thanks for joining me on this week's episode of the Flavor of Leadership podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at flavoroflearership.com. Thanks for listening.